I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Carlos Salguero. Uh, Carlos is a professional real estate investor, has made it his mission to help others achieve success in the real estate industry. Uh, in 12 months, he went from being a novice investor to having over a thousand multifamily doors under his belt. So. Uh, extremely impressive. I'm going to stop there, Carlos, and first just say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, you're muted. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Appreciate the opportunity yeah, to uh, be here with you and share with your audience a little bit about my journey and you know what I'm all about and just my mission to uh, reach more people and help them create wealth with real estate. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's, let's start there. Let's, let's start with your story, your background, your journey, um, and then we'll kind of dive in from there. Yeah, perfect. So I am Carlos Alguero. I'm originally from Quito, Ecuador. I came to the U.S. at 17 years old. I was the first of my family ever to arrive to the U.S. I always say I didn't have any connections, no family, uh, no, not much money other than about six months worth for my first semester in college. And uh, my parents' dreams were to just, you know, they sacrificed so much to give us a good education. They were not wealthy by any means. They're just a middle-class family in Ecuador. My, my dad actually was born incredibly poor, and he picked himself up and, you know, self-educated himself, learned English, and then started a business at four years old. So I grew, in his, I grew up in his business, and my mom helped him in the business. So I grew up around him doing deals and just watching him. He never sat us down and said, Hey kids, this is what you have to do in business. I just watched him. And uh, one, one big important thing for them is like, you know, you guys need to go to the U S because it's the land of the free. It's the land of opportunities where dreams come true. So we grew up believing that I always said that my parents brainwashed us with that idea. So at 17, I said, Hey, I'm going to go to the U S I'm going to go to college there. I applied to a college here in Colorado, in Pueblo, Colorado, small town, south of Denver, and I got accepted, and we only had about six months worth for the expenses. So I came to the U.S., really worked hard to, you know, make some money, and I worked at the, at the school. I had like three jobs. I found a side gig by uh, pitching the school printing materials. My dad had a printing company in Ecuador, so I started selling printing materials to the school, to pay for my for my schooling so i always say that part of my education was paid by the by the college but not through a scholarship by them paying me for stuff and me putting that money back into my tuition so that was my my journey in the beginning i was there for 5 years graduated with a couple of degrees business and engineering and i went and worked for Hewlett Packard in California in San Jose California for 5 years i was there for 5 years started again with uh a free internship because they were not hiring engineers without experience. So I said, Hey, you guys hiring for, for anything? He says, yeah, interns. How much do you pay? Nothing. All right, sign me up. <laughs> so I started working there with, with, with no pay. 
they hired me a few months later and uh, I quickly went up the corporate ranks and I ended up being engineering manager for North America laser printing uh, with a lot of people uh, in my group that I was supervising engineers. And, uh, you know, it was a great job. I was getting paid six figures a year, lots of benefits, travel, the whole nine. And then the uh, dot-com bubble pops back in those days, early 2000s in Silicon Valley. All the startups go out of business. HP is a billion-dollar-plus company already, so, you know, uh, doesn't go out of business but starts shrinking. And um, I was told to fire 50 of my engineers. And that was tough. Yeah. That really hit me hard, dug me deep. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be put in a position again that I can't control the destiny and uh, the finances of, of the business. So I had always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I started a little side gig selling on eBay. And I became one of the one of the top eBay sellers at the time, power seller right away, uh, replaced my income, left HP to sell out of my garage. Everybody told me I was crazy. Everybody told me, man, why are you leaving this job with the benefits, the travel, the, the luxuries? And I was like, guys, you know, I, I just need something that I can I can build infinite, right? I, right. I, I can't be stuck by the corporate ceiling. So I left and, uh, you know, maxed out my credit cards, cashed out my 401k to, to do this. And I started buying merchandise, selling merchandise on eBay. I became really good at liquidate at, at buying liquidation lots, selling them on eBay for a profit. And the business grew. I moved back to Colorado. My mom had moved to Colorado by then, moved into a room in her house, uh, rented a room in a basement from her and the garage, and then hired her. That was she was my first employee, hired my stepdad, my second employee, and then hired my wife, after we got married, that was my third employee. And, you know, this little business just grew, 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 moved into a bigger house, went to a little warehouse, bigger warehouse. And then eventually I needed to buy a warehouse because I didn't like to pay rent, expenses, insurance, taxes, you know. I'm like, man, this guy's making good money from me. What if I just buy my own? So that's how I got into real estate and commercial real estate. I bought a 50,000 square feet warehouse 12 years ago here in denver and um i was so scared man that was that was one of the scariest moves ever because i didn't know if i could support it but you know the little business we moved it into the big big monster warehouse and you know what they say you know you put a fish in a bigger fish pond and it grows so i grew and uh awesome. i got excited i started a second business which was a fulfillment business because i started going to meetings and i started going to conferences and they um they always said, hey, uh, here you have a warehouse. Can, can we store product at your place? Can we ship you a few things for you to fulfill? And I'm like, I didn't know how. So I figured it out, learned the business of logistics, learned the business of fulfillment, started a 3PL fulfillment company, and then eventually uh, became a, a bigger than the e-commerce. So the, now I had two businesses. Then I I started hearing a lot of my a lot of my colleagues and, and customers. Hey, we need marketing. You know, we don't know how to market our our products and our services. So I started a marketing agency. On top of that, all complementary to the first business, right? Right. And never at the same time. I wasn't doing three things at the same time. I just built the one thing, took it to multi million dollar status. Now that I had a team, it was in the hands of, of of proper management. I would go and build the next, and so forth and so on. Right. So. Over the course of 
20 years, I built four multi-million dollar businesses. I still own three of them. Uh, the fourth and uh, the most successful one so far, I started a supplement business. We launched it on Amazon and it just took off like a rocket. You know, we did very specific things to promote it, market it. We hired an influencer that, um, you know, helped us greatly, but also we, you know, we, we kind of caught the timing of when supplements became extremely popular on Amazon and also COVID helped it because when yeah. COVID hit, everybody was like nutrition, health and e-commerce, right? They were buying stuff online at record rates. So that gave us a huge swing. And we went from zero to eight figures in 18 months and sold it for an eight figure exit um, very shortly after that on, in 2020. So that's when I really started thinking, man, what do I do with all this liquid money that I have? And also, uh, do I want to go back to the logistics? Do I want to go back to the e-commerce? And I look back at my investments and I realized that, you know what, the best investments I've made over time uh, don't take anything away from my businesses, but, you know, business is pretty intense in terms of management and strategy. The best investments that grew, grew, grew without me being like 100% involved was my real estate because I had bought a couple houses along the way. We had done a couple Airbnbs along the way. And we bought this big, big warehouse and this big warehouse that I bought went from, you know, $800,000 that I bought it for to seven and a half million dollars worth in 12 years. Wow. So I was like, man, there's something here. What if I focus on real estate? What if I go all in on real estate? So that started the journey of me just obsessively going after real estate like I did the other businesses. And I saw that the returns on me going obsessively on this one business were so much greater than anything else. And I started buying bigger stuff and bigger stuff. And eventually I started buying multifamily units, uh, you know, 50 at a time, 100 at a time. So that's how, you know, in, in less than in less than, than 18 months, we are at 1,200 units right now. Uh, we're acquiring a beautiful $40 million asset right this moment that we close in March. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really been an amazing journey, but people say, man, you've been in it only two years. It's like, no, I've been in it 22 years because yeah. the businesses that I built before trained me for this thing. So it was a running start. So that's where I'm at right now, Jason. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I mean, entrepreneur from, from day one, really, it, you know, if you're, <laughs> you're selling printing services to the university, that's, uh, you're, you're sort of thinking outside the box of most college students, um, well before you know most most people so i mean you're that it's it's really an amazing story carlos the the and i love what you kind of wrapped it up there with that you know yeah you, it, it you haven't it hasn't been 18 months it's been 20 years you've been working on this for basically your whole life and and building towards you know sort of in in building the businesses in tandem with growing a real estate portfolio is just it, it's really very very smart way to do it um when so in terms of real estate you're are you buying these yourself they're your own portfolio you're syndicating how how are you approaching it that's good good question so you know when i when i first started i had some liquidity so i was like you know i'm gonna go buy it myself mm -hmm. so i started buying myself i started buying small properties fourplex triplex and um i started realizing man i've done this big 
stuff in my e-commerce, in my logistics, and in my supplement business, how do I shortcut this? How do I how do I go from from being a, a, a complete small beginner to you know going big right away? And I think that was the mindset that I had to change myself that I started a lot of businesses along the way. I didn't acquire any businesses along the yeah. way. Those two are very separate things. Yeah. And if I can give somebody advice about real estate today is you want to acquire the biggest business that you can possibly can, which is the biggest property that you can possibly can and stretch yourself. Because we're all going for the comfort zone, right? No matter who we are, we try to stick with what we know. We try to stick with what feels comfortable. And as soon as we feel stretched, we like revert back like a thermostat, revert back to that temperature, to that comfort zone. So I just had to get uncomfortable, Jason. So I went and started doing things that I couldn't do with my own money, that I couldn't do by myself, that I needed necessarily an expert on my wing, that I needed money from investors until I started buying big multifamily Last year, I had not ever raised one penny from investors throughout my business career. It's all bootstrapped, my own money, my own credit. So I went and put a $20 million deal under contract and I needed $6 million to close. And that stretched me because now I had maybe about a million and a half of my own money that I could put in this deal. But what about the rest? So I had to go and find it. I had to learn how to fundraise. I had to learn how to pitch a deal. I had to learn how to be good at, you know, getting a good opportunity that will attract investor money. So I started with my own funds. And then I got myself uncomfortable enough that I couldn't do it with my own funds and started putting things under contract that I couldn't do on my own. So it forced me to learn how to fundraise, how to syndicate, how to create opportunity for others. And I'm so thankful I did that because one of the big missions that I have right now is I want to go acquire a billion dollars in multifamily real estate in the next five years. I can't do that by myself. Mm -hmm. I need a team. I need investors. I need partners to help me get there. And now that I'm forced with that big, scary goal, it forces me every day to be outside of my comfort zone to go just chip away at those beliefs, at those mindsets, at those limiting beliefs to get past that and start doing that. So that's really how it kind of progressed. And uh, now you were doing straight syndication. You know, we're buying these big, beautiful assets like the one you see behind me. That's our, our, our latest acquisition we have under contract and we're closing in March. And, you know, this deal requires $18.5 million of capital to close. Yeah. So yeah. stretches us. It's uh, yeah, I love I love that. I love you know the idea of sort of getting outside the comfort zone, and it, it's true. I I don't, I mean, I'm I'm sure uh, I I know you know a lot of the syndicators I know. It's like once they've been doing it for a number of years, and they're like, oh yeah, we can we can raise ten million dollars. It's it starts to become this sort of easy thing, but in the beginning, it's 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 a very challenging, and in in my opinion, it's probably the hardest part of all of the acquisition process is just being able to find a way to kind of, you know, bring that money together, find investors. But, you know, sort of going back to what you said about the, the you know, the 20 years is, is you, 
yes, you just started in real estate, but each of these properties, and, and you said this, is a, is a business, right? Each each property you're setting it up, you're running a business. So you know how to run business. Maybe, maybe you did, you know, your business previously wasn't in multifamily real estate, but but you know how to run a business. You built it from scratch. I mean, you have all of that track record, all of that experience that is going to help you, you know, all of that past comes to help you in terms of, you know, running these, these properties as businesses, but also it's, it, it does establish you credibility and a track record. And, and it's like, you can go to investors and say, yes, maybe I'm a little bit new in the real estate game at, at, at this, you know, particular asset class, but, but here's what I've done already been yeah. doing it since college. Like you, yeah. you know, I know what to do, you know, you know, I know how to put in the work and, and to create a business. So there's definitely, um, you know, I find a, a lot of my guests come into real estate from a, a, a different career, a different path, but ultimately you, you can always take those past experiences, those past skill sets that you've developed your past network. You can bring that with you and move into real estate, obviously in this example, but like into whatever, right? Don't don't think of starting over, you're sort of starting from experience. So I think it's a, an important thing for people that want to come in real estate, but think they don't know, like, oh, I don't know anything. And it's like, well, you, you know, <laughs> you know uh, things, you just may not know that one particular skill. And then you go out and as you mentioned, you find partners that can maybe fill in the gaps as to where you're, um, you know, you're less, less experienced. Oh. And I'll make a point. I'll make a point to what you're saying right now. So, look, I think one of the things that I found is as I started acquiring these multifamily properties that are businesses, right? Mm -hmm. They have employees, they have a PL, they have expenses, income, they have contracts, they have leases, all these things. This is no different than me running a multi million dollar e commerce company or logistics company or uh, my supplement business were the same, right? We had vendors, we had manufacturers to work with, we had customers, we had accounting, finance, all that stuff. So, you know, it translates so perfectly. And, and, and I can tell you, it's a much simpler business than any of the other businesses I did. Yeah, It requires a lot less people. It's a lot less risk. And it's infinitely scalable. Because once we have a team in place for a property, Great property manager, great asset manager. Our accounting team is common for all our portfolio. So I just need to build one accounting team instead of one per company. And now we can just add to the portfolio company after company with the systems and processes we've created with a one. And every time it gets easier. Every time it gets more streamlined. Every time it gets more efficient. And that's why we have now this big goal is like, you know, the sky's the limit. Right. Because I don't have to hire 300 people to run this billion-dollar portfolio, right? I probably need maybe 20 to run a billion-dollar portfolio. Now, to run a billion-dollar company, logistics company, I would need hundreds of people. So yeah. that's the beauty of it, right? So it's a much simpler business. And, man, I love it because it's very predictable. I know exactly what my revenue is going to be for this year because I have already 12-month leases signed with tenants. I know what my upside is going to be, right? It's it's maybe a little bit of a slower moving business, but man, that that security, that certainty gives you, you know, a lot of peace of mind at night. So 
I can tell you, I am much more relaxed these days than in the last 20 years of my business career. Yeah. Because I know this, this, this property is just, you know, they're like little trains, man. They go up the hill and they produce money every month, right? Every first of the month, we see the income and we see the, the, and, and, and our investors get their quarterly distributions and it's like clockwork, right? Now, is there challenges? For sure. Like in any business, right? But now that the systems are in place, man, our focus is on to you make sure these properties perform at their highest potential level. And man, it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's a funny, uh, I guess, point in that, you know, you're saying this is easier and it, the, the, yes, there are, there are challenges, but, but running businesses at the level that you have, and then comparing that to, you know, a real estate business where you're able to run it at a much leaner, uh, you know, employee level personnel that it, it really is. It, it's all about perspective. It's like <laughs> some people, some people, maybe haven't run a business before they come into real estate and they're like, this is crazy. There's so many, you know, moving parts and stuff, but for you, it's, it, it, that makes total sense that it would be a simpler sort of, because each one is a business. They're a little bit different, but ultimately at the end of the day, you have buildings, you have tenants and you have, you know, the property management and like those things go together and you just kind of, rinse and repeat, do that again. So if you've got those systems set up and, and the right people in place, it, it really does. It's it, funny to think like that it, it actually gets probably easier as you build the portfolio. You, you know, you, you, you got, you have that, you know, sort of train rolling, well, as you said. And and then now you have very capable people too, that they're, they're they know what they're doing. Right. Um, and, and they know, you know, how to do it right. Use the systems, right. Like like we're we're developing some some internal processes to asset manage our, our our deals, and to have an asset manager in every property, on top of the property manager. And man, that has been a strategy that has exploded the value of our of our properties. Sure. Um, I have not heard anybody yet do that. Right. I've talked to a ton of syndicators, a ton of real estate operators. They don't do it. I'm I'm always planting one of one of my team members on site especially in the first initial years of that business plan. Mm -hmm. So critical because every day counts. And uh, property managers, especially the ones that have a massive amount of business, you don't always necessarily get their, their, their top people on your property. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to leave it in the hands of somebody else. Maybe call me a control freak or call me, you know, uh, just whatever you want. But I'm, I kind of want to make sure that that because I am investing alongside with my investors, I want to make sure that that money is working mm -hmm. and that it's producing the returns that we projected and even more than that, right? Because the best feeling in the world, Jason, is when an investor was expecting like a 5% return and I can pay him a seven or a 10. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad I invested with you. Yeah. Because you know, a great property, a great property with bad management, can turn into a mediocre property or even a bad property. Mm -hmm. A great property with a great management becomes an excellent investment. Yeah, 100% agree. And it, I, you're right, I have not heard anybody talk about putting you know, asset manager on each property. Um, and I imagine that the argument or the reason why people wouldn't do that, I think it's a great idea, but the reason is 
you've got to pay that person. So now you have additional payroll. But if you're looking at it on that, you know, the 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 point that you just made about, you know, the managing these on a day-to-day and everyday matters, you're probably making their salary back without much trouble by being so on top of the operations of each property. Oh. Not only not only you're making it back, you're 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 like multiplying money at that point. Because look, from a from an efficiency standpoint, making sure that every lead that comes in the door is treated with respect, that it's treated quickly, that they're responded to quickly, that it's followed up on, mm-hmm. that turns into a, a lease, a signed lease, right? And you're giving back to people. I'll give you three quick examples. Like, you know, people calling over the weekend, people calling in the evening, you know, that that they get a phone call within within an hour unless they call like at 11 p.m. at night, right? But that they get a phone call back within an hour. Hey, thanks for calling. Do you want to come for a tour at the property? Right. When do you want to tour the unit? And not four or five days later when they might have already walked into another property and signed the lease, right? Yeah. Speed. I always love to say money loves speed. And the quickest you respond, the quickest they go. And sometimes if you treat them right from the get-go, they might not go and even shop anywhere else. It's like, man, I like how they treat me here. Let's go. So that's one. Number two, from an expense containment standpoint, sometimes property managers don't want to go through the trouble if there's an issue that needs to be fixed to go through like four, five, six, seven vendors to get a quote. Mm -hmm. So they maybe call their buddy or two buddies and they say, hey, give me a quote. And those are typically inflated, right? They're not getting they're not getting the best price, I guarantee you. Yeah. They're typically inflated. So the property is now bearing a lot more cost than it should. But you think about this thing over a year's time, your asset manager can make sure that the property manager is getting enough quotes and or getting involved himself or herself into that quoting process to say, you know what? I like this vendor the best. Is giving us the best deal or maybe not the best deal, but it's going to get the job done quick because mm-hmm. time is money. Yep. So from that standpoint, that's, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars of, of contained expenses that you're not, that you're paying for and just paying attention to little things. You know what I mean? I've seen as we've underwritten hundreds upon hundreds of properties, the biggest leaks in a property, AKA a business is in the financials, you know, they have, they have subscriptions that they're paying, that they're not paying attention to. They are buying equipment that they don't need. They have too much payroll. They are doing marketing. Uh, once the property is like 98% full, they're still paying exactly the same amount of marketing, even though they could cut back a large amount of that. Right. So, you know, there's so many opportunities once you're there. And another thing that I do is, you know, my, my asset managers are looking at the property as owners. I mean, you walked into a business, Jason, where if, if, if they greeted you and they said hello to you, smiled at you, said, hey, how you doing? Can I help you with anything else? I hope you're having a great day. You almost immediately think, are you the owner? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you the owner? Because you get a very different treatment if an owner is behind the counter. Right. Right? They want your back. They want your business. They want to wow you. An employee not necessarily is, is there to wow you, even though they should. An asset manager in my team, 
puts the hat of the owner on, treats tenants like concierge service, treats vendors like concierge service, and creates an atmosphere where that's the bar. Excellence is the bar. So that when people come in contact with that, they're like, wow, man, these guys are different. I want to come back. And that creates incredible retention, incredible loyalty, referrals. Hey, man, you want to live here, man. They treat me like I'm the boss, you know. I'm, they treat me like yeah. a king. These little details that you can do for tenants. I mean, I could write a book just on all these things. You know where I learned them? In my other businesses. Yeah. So now I'm applying them to the real estate and changing the game. I love it. I mean, uh, truly, I'm like, huh, I want to put asset managers in each of my properties. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a great idea. I mean, it, it's, and I think that, you know, sometimes people, uh, that's why people become vertically integrated, right? They start to get, you know, they're going to bring yeah. property management in-house. They're going to bring construction management in-house. Um, but, you know, it it's, everybody needs to run it the way that they see fit. But I think that it's, it's, it makes so much sense that, that, yeah, the, the money that you're going to either generate an additional revenue or save uh, with your expense monitoring, like that's those are perfect examples of where where you're going to, you know, sort of account for that person's salary and then, yeah, treating everybody just like that they're, it because it, it, it is their home, right? Treating it like, like they're, they're, if your tenants have ownership, you know, feel as though they have ownership in the property, the property is going to be maintained better. You're going to spend less in, um, you know, your turnover costs, all of that stuff. I mean, I think there's just so many, so many un sort of unseen or unspoken of benefits from doing it that way. I, I really think that's yeah. a, a great idea. Um, Carlos, untapped, untapped opportunities. Yeah. I see them, right? Yeah. yeah. Like when you, when you show up at a Four Seasons, a Ritz, uh, an Omni, you know, a five-star hotel, their 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 level of their level of courtesies changes a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that is not that expensive to implement. Like like that that higher level of service is not ten times more expensive, right? You know, it's just a, a small fraction. It's just training at the end of the day. Many times, Jason, it's common sense, and it's just thinking, how would I like to be treated when I show up? or when I rent from a place, right? So if you put yourselves in the shoes of that tenant, it's like, how would, would, would that tenant like to be treated, right? Do we keep track of their birthday, right? So that we can send them a birthday card. Do we send them a, a, a Christmas card, a New Year's card? Do we, do we, do we, do we leave them a, a, a chocolate by their door on, on Valentine's Day and say, hey, thank you for your business. Happy Valentine's. Man, those little things go such a long way because what you're doing is you're putting credits in the bank so that when something happens that you need to give them some bad news or increase the rent or, you know, uh, uh, a leak happens or whatever happens, you you can pull out of those credits, those, those, those goodwill credits and say, hey, man, I'm so sorry this happened. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure this gets fixed. And they're not, you know, annoyed and alarmed and, and, and they want to just, you know, give you give you give you hell for 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 the one situation that happened right the situations are going to happen you just have to make sure that along the way the good stuff overwhelms the bad yeah that's it's a perfect point and and yeah that the credits in the bank it, it even you know 
even probably just when it comes to paying rent, right? It's like when times get tight, people, so, yeah. you know, what, what bills are they going to pay? Well, if they, if they're happy where they're living and they're getting treated the way that they think, like then, then rent, you know, sort of moves up on that priority yes. um, scale. So where, where are you investing? What markets are you in? I love Tennessee. This property behind me is in Tennessee, beautiful Plaza, mixed use asset in Tennessee. One of the biggest uh, draws to that area right now is close to Memphis, is Lakeland, Tennessee. There's a $5.6 billion port plant that is going in and already going vertical. They're going to bring 6,000 jobs. They're going to manufacture all the electric vehicles. They're their Fort Lightnings, their their Broncos. And, um, you know, it's it's almost like, wow, how, you know, we found this deal. And, and, and I think we're buying it at a massive discount because of the demand that this is going to be in the area in just in the next couple of years, right? So Tennessee, close to Nashville, Memphis, I like Knoxville, Chattanooga. Those markets are some of my favorite ones. I buy in Georgia. I have property in Georgia. I have property in Florida, and I have property in Texas. So that Sunbelt is very, very attractive to me. I'm also underwriting in Arkansas and North Carolina. So, you know, uh, around that area, landlord-friendly states. Um, I, I like landlord-friendly states, obviously, as most of us investors. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of our, our buy box. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, that property looks looks beautiful. Um, Carlos, let me let me switch gears so I don't keep you all day, but um, I just yeah. want to get to ask you that the questions that I ask every guest. Um, the first one, of course, being based on the show being called Know Your Why. Um, so what is your why? What what drives you towards this success? You've 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 already had tremendous amount of success through your business and now in carrying over into real estate. What what kind of keeps you going? So, you know, I get this question a lot <laughs> because I, it, you know, I have a, 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 over the years, I've developed this, this, this mindset that when I, when I attach to a goal, my brother calls it, man, you're like a, you're, you're like a horse with blinders and, and you'll run until you die. Like you will die first before you give up. Right. Um, so what keeps me going really to me is number one, you know, I just, I just want to create a legacy for my family. Um, you know, I grew up in, 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 in a home where I knew that my dad was extremely poor when he, when he was a kid, when he was a teenager, you know, he started barely his first business at 40 years old. I had the chance to start my very first business in my twenties. So I had a 20 year lead over my dad on that. Yeah. But for me, it's like I wanna I wanna make sure that I that I do stuff that will be remembered, that will be written about, that uh, my kids can be proud of, and also follow on that footsteps, right? That I can give them a knowledge, not only money, right, but knowledge, so that they can go do great things themselves. So you know, my family is my number one, uh, my my number one why, the people in my team, and their families. And of course, now that I have investors that are trusting us with their hard-earned money in these properties is them and their families. So the beautiful thing about what I'm doing right now is that allows me to invite people into the opportunity and they become friends, they become investors, they become partners. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for a couple of years, sometimes for like, you know, some of these investments are a 10-year run. So that's really my why is like, look, it's, it's people at the end of the day, my why is people. 
how many more people can I in my lifetime, in the rest of the years that I have on this earth, impact via my education, because we teach people about multifamily real estate, my opportunities as an investor, that you can come in as an investor, or as I, as the team grows, my team and you either partnering with me or becoming a part of the CS3 Investments team to go help other people along the way. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, next question. Tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, a uh, special skill, a hobby, anything just to let the listeners know you a little better. Man, this one's a tough one. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people love uh, know that I love fitness, right? I, I'm a I'm a CrossFit junkie, and and uh, that that is kind of uh, well known. But I think maybe maybe one thing that that people don't know is that I I I, I I'm a I'm an efficiency um, obsessed with efficiency. So I try to really create processes systems. And I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I, I try to create processes and systems that that create accountability. So, for example, I'll, I'll give you my fitness example. I, I I've always loved fitness, and um, I saw my fitness slipping in my 30s as I got married, had kids, and you know went down that route. And um, and I knew that I needed to become accountable to somebody else. So going to the gym by myself wasn't enough. Because the easiest person to not be accountable to is yourself, yeah. right? You're the most forgiving. You are the one that you can lie to the most. And at the end of the day, you need something external that keeps you accountable. Yeah. So I started in a CrossFit gym and I decided six years ago when I started, I was like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check in. I'm not going to even check those workouts, but all I'm going to do is show up. And become fully accountable to this coach for an hour a day. And sure enough, I started going, man, it was it, it was like, you know, painful the first two, three months until until my body got used to it and my mind. It's not only your body, your mind. But eventually, it has been one of my biggest mind hacks, mental hacks today. Because for an hour a day, I become fully accountable to somebody else that knows more than me about fitness. Mm -hmm more than me about form and working out and all that stuff. And I just submit fully and completely. And I don't get mad when they correct me. And I don't try to try to do my own thing. But I just follow the lead. And that has been huge, man. That has helped me with with getting better mentorships in, in, in my in my business that has helped me with, um, you know, just leading my people better that has helped me in so many ways because at some point guys we gotta admit you're we're not the smartest people right we need to continually be learning and be a forever student you know i'm a forever student i always want to put myself in rooms where there's people that have done more than me more successful than me smarter than me so that i can feel uncomfortable again and say man you know what i got a lot of stuff to learn still yeah yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, I'm 100% agree. You, you sort of reach that point in life where like, if you were into athlete, athletics at a young age, it's just naturally keep it. But then you reach that point in life where other things start to happen. Like you said, you get married, you have kids, work, business, whatever it is. And it's easy to get away from, you know, sort of you put your fitness and health on the back burner. Yeah. And I did it like 
I, that's ultimately why I ended up, I, I got a trainer. Like the first time I got a trainer, it was like, it's not so much that I can't work out. It's just, if I make an appointment with someone, I'm not going to miss that appointment. So it's, yeah. it's more of an accountability hack. And it's, uh, you know, you, you know, there may be things where other things in life where people, you know, you make in your relationships, you make a, a scheduled date night with your wife or whatever it is, you have pl scheduled playtime with kids, just things that there's some level of accountability to it. And it, that's, I, I'm, I'm actually getting even more and more obsessed with those sorts of things in terms of, of scheduling and time blocking all it. It's the only way to get it all done and, and sort of still have a, a quality life. Yeah, man, this, this world of ours distracts us at every opportunity, right? I mean, yeah. our phones, our, our devices, our computers, you know, the, the, the media, the news, that everything's trying to grab our attention, right? So becoming a master of controlling your attention and focusing, not necessarily for long extended periods of time, but just focusing yep. for like short bursts of time, the productivity that you get out of that is immense. Mm -hmm. and, and you advance a lot quicker to whatever goal you have, finance, relationships, your fitness, whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, Carlos, what's what's the best way? You know, they can reach me through my Instagram. I am Carlos Tenex. I'm on TikTok, same handle everywhere, guys. YouTube, I'm all over. Uh, you know, that's one of the commitments I made about a year ago. Is like, guys, I need to I need to start pushing hard on social media, become accountable to myself there as well. It's free, guys. It's free for people to yeah. to to use these platforms to build their business. Yeah. yeah. And most of us have some limiting beliefs about them. I had to overcome my limiting beliefs, right? But it's really a tool, such a tool to be known and to create credibility as well. So I would, I would say, you know, reach me out. Hey, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're hearing this, watching this, send me a DM, right? Send me a DM. Let's engage. Let's connect. Ask me a question that you have about real estate, about money, about finance, about the why, about the mindset, whatever it is, right? I just want to get to know you because I know there's people out there that, um, uh, need the information but sometimes you guys watch a lot consume a lot you don't engage enough mm -hmm. and participate yeah it's great um final question for you what piece of advice would you give to someone who is getting started and you can take that you know getting started in business getting started in real estate whichever whichever direction you want to go um but but what advice would you give them to get them going work for free yeah. go find somebody that is massively successful and ask that person, what can I do? Don't don't say, don't say what can I do to add value to you, man. You ask me that, and I'm like, dude, I, I have no idea. What are you good at? Yeah. Right? You have to introduce yourself. Say, my name is Carlos. I am amazing at sales. Do you need help with sales? Do you? I'm amazing vacuuming the floor. Do you need help vacuuming your floors? <laughs> Whatever it is, guys, get close to success, get proximity to success, especially for those guys out there, young guys getting started, guys, invest time to go get close to somebody that has success and offer your service, your value, your superpower, whatever it is, at first at no charge. They're getting to know you. They need to see if you're legit, guys. The successful folks, guys, we have gone through thousands of people in our journey that told us i'm good at this we hired them 
and they were not good at it or they didn't deliver on that promise. So we have a little bit of a, of a, of a callous when people tell us, oh yeah, I know how to do that. I mean, I'm the best salesman in the world. I am the best call caller in the world. I'm the best this or that, right? We've heard that a lot. The only way for us to confirm, don't tell me, show me. And then in the, in the process, you learn, man. When you, when you bring that value and you actively participate, dude, those are my best guys today, guys. The, the, that, that's the people that I'm going to turn into millionaires because they were willing. And you know why I'm telling you that? Because I did it. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. write a book called Working for Free Made Me a Millionaire. Don't steal the title, guys. If you guys are out yeah, there, no, don't steal the title. I, I, yeah, no stealing the title, but uh, <laughs> I, I'll read it. I'll read it when it comes yeah. out. It's, uh, because I, I can tell you, no less than seven times in my, in my life, I've worked for free, not necessarily for a week, two weeks, for extended periods of time, sometimes years, to put myself in a position where I, where I develop so much trust in the group or the person or the company that that investment of time and energy, you know, 100x right after when they started compensating you, when they gave you an opportunity to be part of the team, when they gave you a partnership position to be part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Be so good they can't ignore you. I don't oh remember God. who I don't remember where that quote came from, but so it's good, uh, it's such a it's such a good one. Be so good they can't ignore you. So, 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 so good. Um Carlos, thank you. This was awesome. Uh thank you for for sharing your story. Uh, really inspirational and I think you know just a lot of take home messages here from for people. So um appreciate your time. Appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. I see you're the best dad in the world. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I am too. My, right, exactly. At least as long as my kids think so, I'm, I'm good. I, and as long as I know that that's my goal, then, then I'm good. Yeah, no, it, I love it's, it, man. it's great. I love it. You know, that's one of my favorite things in the whole world to be a dad. Yeah. Yep. Number one, number one job. Yeah. That's, that's right. Awesome. That's right. And to give him a good example, man, if I do great yeah. things, if, if, if they see that and like, man, you know what? And I can tell you from my story, just to kind of, Send, send you guys off. Uh, I had a, I had an amazing dad that was very good at certain things. I took all the good things. I took some bad things too that I carried as, as, as habits, like not having a mentor, not partnering with people soon enough, not learning about how to leverage money. You know, I took those things, but yeah. you know, the good stuff that I took, like persistence, perseverance, uh, fitness, uh, you know, mindset, man, those things have served me so, so much. So if we can do something for our children, is man, be so good that they can't ignore you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to remember who said that, so they're not just stealing their quote. But uh, that's but right. Yeah, it, it's great. Again, thank you so much, and and to the folks listening, um, I'm sure you're gonna love this episode. So please like, like rate, and review, uh, so we can get more great guests like Carlos. Again, thank you very much, Carlos. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you, brother. Take yeah. care. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.